Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Hi, Heidi. Hi, Mom. Oh, we got a great show today on grief and the battle back to happiness. Love it. And we're going to be talking to somebody who's done something on Warrior of Life, which I think is great getting back after a loss. So you want to introduce our guest, Heidi? I love to. And I love the name of the show, Grief and the Battle Back to Happiness. And we're going to talk with Richard Pryor. Hi, Richard. Hi. Right there. I love his office. Uh, Richard is an entrepreneur, an author, and a life coach. After the death of his son, he found that his purpose in life was to help others move forward. I love Richard's energy because I think, Richard, you show people right now that they not only can survive but thrive through your example. And I know you're the author of a book called Warriors of Life, Conquering Grief and Battling Your Way Back to Happiness. And we're going to talk more about that with you today. So welcome, Richard. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this for about a month now. Good. Well, it's great having you on the show now. We're really sorry about your son, Richie. He was 27. Yes, he was. Thank you so you. much. Because I, I know I love working with Heidi and my daughter, Heather, and, and Richie worked with you, right? It was one of the best gifts I had. Uh, having, having him work with me for nine years was just seeing him every day was such a precious thing that I can't even... It's hard to explain how beautiful it was to have that. Mm-hmm. And then he, he died suddenly, which is really a, a tough deal, as we know, because uh, Scott was killed in an automobile accident. So that sudden death, your sudden son died suddenly, right? Yes, it, just, it tipped our world right upside down. It was just, you know, out of the blue and just, just thinking back about it. I had to do some stuff this morning and uh, about his taxes and I would, they were asking me social security number and I just started breaking down again. It was like, we live in the whole thing all over again. And she said, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It was three and a half years ago, but you know, little things like that will, will you know, trigger us back into those, those I states. Can, I can certainly see why. And you never know what's going to trigger you, but you know, social security represents a life. Right. And right. to have that, like you said, revisit those kind of things is, is tough. It is over the years. I haven't had to do what I had to do this morning in a long time. And it just put me back to that place where I was three and a half years ago. It was just incredible how fast. Mm-hmm. Now, now tell me, Richard, when you went back there, how long did you stay there? How long did you stay in that space today? Did you uh, five on? minutes? Some people out there are, are new in their grief, and, and something like that would ruin their day and maybe even their week. Yeah, mm-hmm. three and a half years ago, it would have ruined my whole day, week, it would yeah. ruin my whole month because that was the that was the that's the you know. In that time, that's what I was processing. That was everything was just so, so depressing. And every yeah. time we had to talk about that, it was just, I couldn't get out of my own way. But now, thought about it, it's like, think about a beautiful memory that I have of him. And that mm-hmm. was it. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and it was funny. I did a, put a post on Facebook the other day. I was in the gym working out and thinking about, we were going to watch the Super Bowl. And we have so many fond memories of watching, mm-hmm. you know, Super Bowls with my son. Mm-hmm. And I started crying, 
But, you know, and I did the post and it's like, but there were joys of happiness because I had all these amazing memories. And that's what I think about now. Mm-hmm. I don't think of his, his passing as, as a death, as a, it was, you know, the memories and the stuff that I have now is just incredible. And I, and I hold on to those. I don't think about the death. What you say, Richard, is that you make a conscious effort to move yourself into positive memories when you're feeling totally overwhelmed. Of course. The biggest challenge I had was a year and a half into, into this battle of grief, I call it, I was being so selfish, you know, with my emotions. It was all about me, what God had done to me, you know, what I had done to deserve this. And it was all about me, me, me. And then I got to a point where maybe there's a different meaning here. Mm-hmm. And the kind of meaning that I took from the, the tragedy was that it was supposed to put me on this path to write my book. That's my family. That's two, a month and a half before uh, Richie passed. We were celebrating my wife and I 25th anniver- wedding anniversary. We renewed our vows on Hawaii on Angels Bay Beach wow. in Oahu. So that's us. When it first happened, I as the dad was supposed to be the strong one. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to be the strong one. I was supposed to fix everything. Mm-hmm. So my wife was broken. I was broken. I wasn't sure what was going on with my son. And I felt myself just, you know, in all these different directions. But I couldn't help anybody until I helped myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was I the like biggest it. thing I took out of that. So how did you help yourself, Richard? Oh, uh, reading. I read, I never read before. I read everything there was about the universe, God, loss, you know, grief, every book I could get my hands on. I probably read a couple of hundred books within a year. Wow. And was I there was anything just, that, really, that really resonated you, with you that really touched you and you said, okay, this is really helpful? Yes, because my biggest question was why it happened, what was the meaning behind it, and how do I get to that, that next, that, how, did I, how do I get past that grief? How do I get past, how do I get on the other side? because we all fear of what the unknown. And I was fearful when Richie passed, I was afraid my wife was gonna pass. I was afraid my son was gonna pass. Mm-hmm. I was just scared all the time. Mm. Well, I love the fact that you admit that, that you were scared. Cause I think sometimes people are, you know, feel like they have to buck it up and they can't. They can't yeah, and I did, I tried so long to do that. I was, you know, people would ask me how I'm, how I'm doing. And I would say, doing fine, okay. My wife goes, why were you lying? It's like. I don't want want to burden them. I don't want them to feel bad for me because I am a guy and guys are supposed to be strong. The pillars of, you know, hold everybody up on their shoulders. And that's what I I put in my book. I call it the the mask of uh, the face of society, something like that. I forgot what I called it in the book, but it's a mask that we put on so we don't make other people uncomfortable. Right. And And I, through my grieving process, I did find a lot of people that, that just, stopped connecting with us. They stopped coming over and seeing us. They stopped calling us. We found that really troubling. You know, that was hard. Mm-hmm. So, so I noticed that you do a coaching business. What kind of advice would you give me if I said, Richard, I'm broken. Uh, my family member died in the last three months. What can I do? The first thing I would ask you is, um, what do you think you need to do? Well, how do you feel right now? Where do you need to go from here? You know, what, what can I do to help to serve you, to help you get to that next place? Mm-hmm. And the biggest, biggest component I think it is, is, is taking these small steps 
everybody wants to, you know, get fixed in one day and have it all over in one day. And it's not the case. Everybody processes grief in their own way. One, right. one, one minute you're angry, next minute you're, you're depressed, you know, and those things are just interchangeable throughout the yeah. day, depending you're on what happens. Exactly. Yeah. It's a back and forth thing. And yeah. taking each step, if you can get a little bit better each day, down the road, you're gonna be, you're gonna be on your way. So yeah. how did you get to the point where you were wearing this mask, this guy mask, and and you know taking care of everybody else to a place where you could actually be honest with what you were going through? That was a couple of different things. Uh, first, it was I did not want to see a therapist. Mm -hmm. I was against it, against it, and my doctor. I made a comment that I was driving to the doctor's, and the guy cut me off, and I. He had golf clubs at the back of his car. He, had a, he was on a cell phone, he was a convertible, and he wasn't paying attention. And I told him, I, want, I told my doctor, I said, I wanted to cut him off, take his golf clubs out, and give him a good beating. And she goes, you know, Richard, you can't do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, say, I know that, that's why I'm telling you. <laughs> so she goes, she wanted to put me on all these antidepressants, and, and we did that whole antidepressant thing for a year and a half, I was on them. And um, it still wasn't working. So she goes, why don't you talk to the therapist? And it's like, I was a guy and I always thought therapy was for crazy people. Mm -hmm. And I was strong and I could figure this out and I couldn't. Mm. So I went to start seeing the therapist, started reading. And then I went to this seminar in Boston. I was going there to get my picture taken with Tom Brady. That never happened. But in the seminar, I figured out that I was focusing on the wrong things and I, the meaning I was giving Richie's death was all wrong. And then when I switched the meaning to saying, this is an opportunity for me to help other bereaved parents and coach other people. Uh, I'm doing something in a, a local jail. I'm doing a thing for dads, for prisoners in a local jail. I'm gonna be coaching them in eight week program. So I'm really excited about that. But taking and switching that meaning to finding that, that, that silver lining and that darkest cloud, mm -hmm. that was what, let me to you know flip the switch and get to that space and once i got there i was able to help my wife then, then you knew why you were on the earth you knew what your purpose was yes and i struggled so long for that it's like why, why did this happen and what am i doing now yeah mm -hmm. that's big isn't it Mom? yeah yeah I, I love hearing what you're talking about because we do go to so many corners we try so many things what we really want is him back. We want our own life back. And we keep I know. working around. We go to every dark corner. We go to every meeting. We go to every whatever. We, I did so many journey things. And, and then you mm -hmm. finally realize, hey, it is what it is. That's it. it. It is what it is. And, and I see when Richie passed, Barbara and I had, my wife and I had to wait uh, four and a half months to get into a, uh, a hospice program for parents. The, the yep. wait list was that long. And after yep. that, there was nothing else for us. So we were left to like, now what do we do? Right, I love that. So we had to kind of fix ourselves. And I see so many parents these days, you know, years and years afterwards, they, they're still struggling. You got to talk to somebody. You got to talk to somebody. You got to open up. You got you to you talk with somebody that's been there. More importantly, that. I mean, my therapist, she was fantastic. Mm -hmm. But I was hesitant to work with her because she didn't have a, a loss like I had. Mm -hmm. You know, she had lost a parent, but losing a child is, is a very different, is a very different feeling, a very different emotion. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, you know, seeking those people out because I, we had a bond with those people. 
my wife and I, once we connect with somebody, you just, I don't know, did you find that on the same level? You just, there was a connection there that you couldn't connect with anybody else because they really didn't understand the yeah. pain? Well, I think one of the things you see in uh, groups where there's specific like um, parent loss or whatever, or uh, spouse loss is that you see how far you've come or you see people who have made it or you see if, people are deeper into the grieving, maybe earlier you see, wow, I've come here, but then you see people who are way further down and they're doing well. So you see, you find where you are on the, on the grief journey. And, and you know what I, that's so true. And you know what I found that um, I was resistant, resistant to happiness. I did not want to smile because I was afraid that that smile or that laugh, and I am just, I, that's one of my, I have to laugh and smile and have as much fun as possible. That's how I enjoy life. But when he passed, it was like, I can't do that because that's an insult to him. That's, that's disgracing his memory. And those are the stories that I was, I was telling myself. And those are the ones that I had to get out of my mind because that's where I would go. It's like, I can't, and I would put on music and, and, and sit down in the basement and watch videos of him when he was a kid and just cry for hours. So Richard, I like what you're saying. You had to get, these stories were tormenting you and they were in your head. How did you get them out? Because I know there's a lot of people that feel that they're stuck in these stories. I go back and it's, it's an exercise of gratitude. Okay. Being grateful for, for the time I had. I had 27 years with this amazing angel yeah. that was given to me that in the end, he taught me the lessons about living a life that, you know, he wanted to live. Oh, I love that. And, he's, you know, still and he's still teaching you lessons, Richard. He is still teaching us lessons. He's still teaching my wife and I lessons all the time. So anytime somebody gets frustrated with a, with a flat tire or, you know, something that happens that's really, you shouldn't sweat. I just, it's like, it's not that, not that important. You're going to get the tools and the resources that I used to help me get back to happiness and and be so happy and joyful like I am right now. You know, how to, how we battle with our mind and tricks to tricks and resources to get around, you know, the stories that we invent that keep ourselves stuck in the grief. Yeah. There's an exercise in here, there's an exercise at the end of each chapter. I go through uh, what happens to, uh, when you lose, lose a child, what happens to your friends. Some of them become disconnected. And I go through a little exercise on trying to weed out the ones that are draining your energy and ones mm -hmm. that are giving you energy. And helping you out mm -hmm. I go through the mask of society you know the masks that we wear and i go through honoring you know how we honored richie how we still honor him to this day we have a foundation and the proceeds from the book go to his foundation that oh yeah you better market that foundation the richie Pryor foundation <laughs> the richie Pryor foundation and it's a foundation when i had my it company we did a lot of work with um children with down syndrome these facilities and Richie loved working there, loved going. He had all these amazing stories. Dad, it's just, it's such a beautiful place. So it's like, okay, let's create a foundation in Richie's name and take all that money and help buy them iPads, touch screens, and things to help them, you know, with their lives. And that's what the proceeds of your book are going for. Yes, and actually right now we're building, uh, my wife's from Poland, so we go to Poland every year, and our nephew is in a school for Down, he has Down syndrome, he's in a school in Poland, and right now we're building two classrooms in Richie's name that are going to be one-on-one -on -one for teachers to work with students that have Down syndrome. Oh, I love that, Richard. Yeah. That's a beautiful yeah. story. I am, I'm going to be doing uh, coaching online. My yeah. wife and I are actually working on, a, 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 it's called Growing Through Grief. Okay. It's going to be an online workshop. It's going to be free. 
we're gonna do an eight week eight week course and it's just gonna be my wife and I sharing our stories and, and helping people. RichiePrior.com, R-I-C-H-I-E-P-R-Y-O-R.com. All right. But hey Richard, thank you so much for being on the show today and for all thank the you, ladies, work you're doing. So much for hearing my story. I really appreciate it. Richard, you guys are incredible. I love your energy and thank you for helping people conquer grief and battle their way back to happiness because you certainly have done that. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.